Okay, we are on the second half of Yogimel Amabet, 13b. Six lines from the, um, the beginning of the wide lines at that colon. Amar Rav Nasan Bar Mar Ukva, Amar Rav Yehuda. Rav Nasan Bar Mar Ukva said in the name of Rav Yehuda, Al Livavecha Be'amida. Al Livavecha, which is words in the first paragraph of the Shema, need to be said standing up. Al Livavecha, sorry, Al Livavecha Salkataitach. Now, what does this? Do you really think that what he meant was is that the words specifically for those two words in the first paragraph of Shema, Alavavecha, upon your heart, that these words shall be upon your heart? Do you think that it's that that's what he meant? That those two words you need to specifically say standing up? Ela ad ba'amida. Rather, it must be that what he means is is that until you get to the words upon your heart, so from the beginning of the Shema until the words upon your heart, you need to be standing up. Now, what does this mean, just by the way, that you need to be standing up? Didn't we say that we hold, like, um, the Academy of Hillel, like Base Hillel, that you can say Shema in whatever position you would like, you know, need to stand or sit or anything like that? So what this means is, is that you need to be standing up specifically till Aleph Avecha, to those words, because it is up until that point that you need to focus on the meaning, and when you stand, you um, give it more reverence, you can, you're able to focus better. So um, let's go further into the Gemara. Mikan ve'elach lo, and after you get to alavavecha, after that, mikan ve'elach, after that, lo, you do no longer need to stand up because you no longer need to um, focus on the meaning of the words. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says, Koha parsha kula ba'amida, the first paragraph, the entire thing needs to be, say, standing. And this goes well according to Rabbi Yochanan's reasoning. Because Rabbi Barchana said, In the name of Rabbi Yochanan, The halacha is like Rabbi Acha who said in the name of Rabbi Yehuda. And if you recall, Rabbi Acha was the one that says that the entire first paragraph needs to have intention, focus on the meaning of the words. So that goes very well. The Rabbi Yochanan would also say then that you need to stand for the first paragraph because that is the way to best allow yourself to focus. Um, we are now at the next two dots, one, two, three lines up from uh, before we get to the very to the very wide lines. Tanurabanan. Okay, Tanurabanan. The rabbis taught in a bride, so Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. The first verse of the Shema, Hero is the Lord is God, the Lord is our one. The Lord is one. Zokriya Shema Shal Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. This was the Shema of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rabbi Yehuda the Prince. In other words, this is all he would say. Um, and this is how he would fulfill the obligation to say Shema, because he would learn from the beginning of the day to, to, to the end of the day. He would learn constantly. And he would not... Um, pause to say the entire three paragraphs of Shema. Rather, he would say the first line because he felt that that was all that was necessary to fulfill the uh, biblical obligation of saying Shema. And the rest he did not need to fulfill because he was involved with another mitzvah, the mitzvah of learning Torah constantly. Amr of Rav So Rav said to Rabbi Chia, Lo chazina Lo chazinale, le Rebbe, um, I never saw 
Rebbe, Rebbe Huda Hanasi, the Makabal Alei Malchushmai, that he ever accepted the yoke of heaven upon himself. Meaning, what he's saying, what Rav is saying, is that he thought that Rebbe never even said the word Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad. He never said anything to fulfill the obligation of Shema because he was too involved in learning Torah. Omer Leis, Rebbe answered, Bar Pachsi, son of Pachsi, son of nobles. That's how he was referring to Rav. At that moment, so he'll be in the middle of teaching his students, and that one moment when he puts his hands over his eyes, that's when he's saying the first verse of the Shema, Here is the Lord God of the Lord, which is the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. And uh, so he does, in fact, um, he does, in fact, say the first verse of the Shema. He doesn't say, he doesn't not say anything. Um, by the way, this is the source for the idea that we cover our hand, our eyes with our right hand when we say the first verse of Shema. Um, very interesting. So now we're going to talk more about Rabbi Huda's custom. Choser v'gomra, o eno choser v'gomra. Would Rebbe go back and finish the Shema, re, uh, complete the entire Shema, or would he not go back and complete the entire Shema? So he would be in the middle of teaching a Torah lesson to his students. When he was finished, would he make sure to make up the other paragraphs of Shema, or would he not? Bar Kapara Omer, Bar Kapara says, He says he would not go back and complete the Shema. Rabbi Shimon Rebbe Omer, whereas Rabbi Shimon Rebbe would say, He would go back and um, and make up the rest of the paragraphs of Shema. Now, uh, obviously, we're talking about a scenario where the lecture went past the shear, the class that he was giving would go past the time of uh, the time where we can fulfill our obligation of Shema. So we were just wondering, would Rebbe go back and say the rest of the Shema just as a nice thing to do, but obviously not, but not to fulfill his obligation of saying Shema at the right time? Because if the lecture finished before um, the the time of Shema ended, then of course he would have to go and finish the rest of Shema. So what what did he go back or did he not? And um, there seems to be two opinions. So Bar Kapara said to Reb Shimon Rebbe, who said that Rebbe Huda would go back and complete it, he would say, he said as follows, It makes sense according to me that he did not repeat it. Um, makes sense according to me that I say that he would not go back and make it up. That is why Rabbi Yehuda would make sure to involve himself in learning something that has to do with coming out of Egypt every single day. It would make sense, according to me, why he did it, because he wasn't saying the third paragraph of Shema, and he wanted to fulfill his obligation of mentioning the exodus from Egypt every single day. But according to you, Reb Shimon, the Amrit Choseva who feels that Rebbe would go and say the rest of the paragraphs of Shema and thereby would mention the coming out of Egypt, Lama Leila Duri, why did he need to make sure that he was learning something that had to do with coming out of Egypt every day? He already mentioned, he already fulfilled his obligation when he would finish off the paragraphs of Shema. So Rip Shimon answers, It's an order that he would be able to do to mention the coming out of Egypt at the proper time. In other words, in other words, it seemed to be that it was in the middle of this lecture that Rebbe Yehuda, in the middle of that le or the morning lecture to his students, that Rebbe Yehuda would always make sure to teach something about coming out of Egypt. So we're asking why was he so specific about that? If in fact he would later go back and finish off the Shema where there is a mention of coming out of Egypt. So Rebbe Shimon is answering 
it's in order. The reason he did this is that so that he could, so that we, so that Rabbi Huda would be mentioning coming out of Egypt during the time in which you can fulfill your obligation of Shema, because although you can fulfill your obligation to mention coming out of Egypt any time during the day, there's certainly it's certainly better to do it. Um, it's certainly praiseworthy to do it at the time of Kriya Shema, at the time where it's a, where you can fulfill your obligation of Shema of the morning. And that is um, the end of that discussion. Now on to a new discussion. Amar Rabbi Ila, Bereder of Shmuel Bar Marta, Mishmeda Rav, Rabbi Ila, uh, the son of Rav Shmuel Bar Marta, said in the name of Rav, Omar Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad, Venenos Beshina Yatsa. If you said the words, Hero Israel, Lord is God, the Lord is one, and then sleep overtook you, you fulfilled your obligation to say the Shema. You still fulfill your obligation to say the Shema, even though you did not say even the rest of the first paragraph of the Shema. Amr le Rav Nachman le Daru Ade. So Rav Nachman says to Daru, his servant, When I'm in the middle of saying Shema, if I'm in the middle of the first verse, um, then um, agitate me. If you see that I'm starting to fall asleep, make sure that you do whatever you can, even if it's uncomfortable for me, in order to make sure that I'm awake to say the first verse, but after I finish the first verse, no longer discomfort me in order to uh, wake me to say the rest of the Shema. So Rav Yosef said to Rav Yosef, the son of Rabbah, what would your father do? Rav Yosef answered, for the first verse, he would really discomfort himself in order to stay awake to say it. After that, he would no longer discomfort himself um, to be able to say the rest of the Shema. He would allow himself to fall asleep. Okay, now we're going to talk about uh, more about the discussion of um, position to be in when saying Shema. Amar Rav Yosef Yosef says, Somebody who's lying on his back should not say the Shema that way. So we ask, It seems that he cannot say the Shema in this type of way. But it seems to, the inference can be though that it's a, that it's specifically saying Shema that you cannot do in this position. But it sounds like sleeping, it is all right to do in this position. But how can that be? Didn't Rabbi Shub and Levi curse somebody that slept on his back? So um, Amri, so the sages answered, When it comes to sleeping, being on your back, as long as you're matsli, as long as you lean a little bit to the side, it's all right. Mikra, but when it comes to saying the Shema, even if you're leaning a little bit on the side, um, it's still prohibited. You cannot be on your back and say the Shema. And the reason for this distinction is as follows. The reason you can't be on your back to say Shema is because it's just not, it's just not respectful to the Shema. So even if you lean a little bit, it's still disrespectful to the Shema. So there's no way out. Whereas when it comes to the... Whereas when it comes to sleeping, the reason you couldn't sleep on your back is because people back in the times of the Gemara would sleep without clothes on and um, in order not to, um, in order not to rub out or to, to, yeah, in order not to rub out their pajamas because they weren't as wealthy and clothes were far more expensive. Um, so they wouldn't sleep without clothes on. And the worry was, is that if you're sleeping on your back, it would be very easy to become exposed, which was considered immodest. 
So there, as long as you're a little bit on your side, there's less of a worry about being exposed in such a way, and therefore it's fine. But now we ask a question, but didn't we see that Rabbi Yochanan used to lean on his side a little bit and say the Shema? And if it's that's inappropriate to do, how could Rabbi Yochanan have done something like that? So we answer, shiny Rabbi Yochanan the Baal Basar Hava. Rabbi Yochanan was different because he was a very, very big man, and he couldn't assume any other position other than lying on his back a little bit turned to the side. That was the, that was the best you can get from him. Okay. So that is the end of that discussion, and now we are at the last colon on the page on 13b, and we're going to go back to the Mishnah, Ubit Prakim Shoel, where we talked about the, um, the, the breaks, the interruptions you're allowed to make between the paragraphs of Shema and its blessing and within the paragraphs of Shema and its blessings. And we are going to analyze Rabbi Meir's words. Rabbi Meir said that if you're in between paragraphs, not within the paragraph, but in between paragraphs, he said that you can interrupt to ask to greet somebody else um, for the sake of, uh, in a case of somebody that you're supposed to show, you should be showing honor to. And then he goes on to say, and you can return the greeting. And he doesn't say who it is that you can return their greeting to. He doesn't spe specify who that is. He just says, and you can return the greeting. Who is that a reference to? So that's what we're going to talk about now. Meshiv machmasmai. In what scenario are you allowed to return a greeting? If you're allowed, if if what Ramir is telling us that you can return a greeting out of a person out of because of honor that you should be showing that person, hashta mishal shael. But we don't need to mention that that because if you can ask them how they're doing out of honor. Ahadurimi baya, then you don't even is it is it even necessary to teach that you can return their greeting? If you can ask them how they're doing, you of course could return their greeting. You wouldn't need to need Ribmer would not need to teach that. Uh, it would be obvious that if you could ask them, then of course you could return their greeting. Ella, rather it must mean rather Ramir must mean that you can ask somebody or greet somebody. Out of honor, and the greeting, when it, as far as returning greeting, you can return the greeting to anybody, any person, even if it's somebody that you do not need to necessarily um, show great honor to. Okay, so that must be what Rebbe Meir means. But now we're going to see that that's not so simple. But let's take a look at what Meir said in the second part of the Mishnah, where he says, Umeshiv where he says that if you're in the middle of the paragraph of Shema or one of the other paragraphs or one of the other blessings, we say that you can interrupt and greet somebody if it's somebody that you fear, and you can return a greeting. And yet again, he doesn't specify whose greeting you can return. Meshav Machmasmai. Whose greeting? Meshav Machmasmai. In what scenario are you allowed to return a greeting? When you're in the middle of the paragraphs, if it's that you can return the greeting of somebody that you fear, but that wouldn't need to be said. If you can ask somebody, if you can inquire, if you can greet somebody out of fear, then of course you'd be able to return the greeting of somebody whom you fear. That's obvious. You wouldn't need to mention it. Ella, rather it must mean that when Ramer says you can return the greeting when you're in the middle of a paragraph, it must mean that you can return the greeting out of honor for somebody. 
So that um, must be the, the, the understanding of Remer throughout the Mishnah. But the problem is, is Hainud Rabbi Yehuda. But this ends up being the same opinion then of Rabbi Yehuda. It's not because we learned in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Ba'emsa, if you're in the middle of a paragraph, Shol Ibn Hayira, you can greet somebody out of fear. Umeshiv Ibn Hayira, and you can return the greeting of somebody, even if it's someone that you don't fear, but just honor. Ubiprakim Shol Ibn Hayira, and if you're between paragraphs, then you can greet somebody out of honor, and then you could respond to anybody. You can respond to anybody's greetings. So according to the way we explain Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda are really saying one and the same thing. Rather, it must be Rabbi Meir means something different. So what could that possibly be? So now we're going to be introduced to something interesting. It must mean that it must be that the Mishnah was missing words and that this is really what the Mishnah was teaching us. Um, if you are between paragraphs, you can uh, greet somebody out of honor. And it's not even necessary to say that you can return that person's greeting. And if you're in the middle of the paragraph of Shema or one of its blessings, then you can greet somebody out of fear. And it's not necessary to even say that, of course, you can respond to their greetings as well. Divrei Rabbi Meir, those are the words of Rabbi Meir. That's how to understand Rabbi Meir. And then Rabbi Huda is saying the same thing that we thought all along. Rabbi Huda, Omer, Rabbi Huda says, Ba'emsa, if you're in the middle of a paragraph, Shoel, you can uh, greet somebody out of fear, and answer um, somebody's greetings, um, even if you don't fear them, but you just want to honor it, but you just honor them. Whereas um, if you're between the paragraphs, then you could greet somebody out of honor, and you could um, answer anybody's greetings. So that is the end of that. Um, that is as far as we'll get to today. So what did we talk about today? We started talking about the Kriya Shema, the Shema of Rabbi Yehuda. Um, we uh, learned the source for covering your eyes when you say Shema. Um, we talked about that interesting concept of how it's praiseworthy to mention coming out of Egypt at the time of when you could still fulfill your obligation to say Shema. Um, then we talked about putting yourself in a uncomfortable situation in order to stay awake to say Shema, what that's for. Then we talked about the position for Shema and the position for sleeping. And then we clarified what Rebbe Meir's opinion actually is when it comes to interrupting between, um, between paragraphs of Shema and its blessings and within the paragraphs of Shema and its blessings. Um, take good care.